This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, It's hey. the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. Podcast, Uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. Hey. What's up? What's happening? We here. <coughs> Excuse me. Ooh, no COVID. We here. What up? 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 Welcome to episode twenty-five of season three of the All Love No Fear podcast, featuring myself, uh, KB, and my lovely co-host, Mr. Mark Metapoetic Bennett. And we're here today to talk about some things, to give you life, to give you something to listen to on a Tuesday morning or afternoon or whenever you listen to the pod. Word. Um, shout Not really sure why I committed to the accent, but I felt no, like, let's let go. Um, let's let it go. <laughs> um, shout out to the people um, listening on all the services. Thank you for listening and taking the time to listen. We appreciate y'all. Tell a friend to tell a friend so we can grow this fearless fam and hopefully when outside is open, take this show on the road. Word. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um uh I think I why do I always do this podcast hungry? I think I always every time. Every time I come on here, I'll be hungry. I don't know why I won't just eat before like a normal person. Sounds but, like a good idea. Um I'm I'm hungry. I'm in the beginning stages of hunger and by the time we end I'm sure I'll be starving. Um but yeah, this is this is what's happening right now. I guess I'm just gonna have to drink this water and hope for the best. Yeah. Um How are you? I'm okay. I, I think I'm hot. This apartment's hot. Yeah, but, I might also be hot, which is also contributing to the hunger. So yeah, but um, I you think know. I think we're good. Think we'll we're survive. Good. We'll we'll make it through. We'll power through because we're adults and we're stars, and we we can do things. Okay, we can do things. Um, how was this week for you? Very busy. Very very busy. I had a lot to do in relation to work. And it seemed like I was glued to my computer for the whole week. I never really left it much. Um, I I earned every single penny that I yeah yeah you, that you I that talking. I that I make everyone yeah. So I know this week was interesting, especially with um the COVID scare, but everything's cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had COVID scare this week. I'm I'm mad that COVID scares are on the level of pregnancy scares at yeah. this point, but you know it's whatever. Um, but yeah, we had a COVID scare this week. Um, our daughter's teacher. Um, was diagnosed well not I'm not saying diagnosed tested positive and so her class got shut down which kind of like threw off the whole plan for the week because you know trying and for the parents who like have kids at home that work you know it's hard to achieve even for parents who have kids at home who don't work your job is being an at-home parent you know it's hard to do things when your kid is in your house yeah yeah and it's it's bad because like we we already it was already pushed back Right, we were only supposed to have her home with us for two weeks, and that turned into three. Not four. It turned into three, and then the week before she was supposed to go back to school, they were like, "Nah, we're gonna push it back another week." So it so turned into four. four. So we were like, "All right," and then finally she came out like, "All right, great, finally she's back. We can get things done." And then she's back home again. 
So, <laughs> so it's it's quite stressful. Yeah, it's been a time. Like, don't get me wrong. I love seeing my child. I love interacting with her. I love all of that. But when you have a plan to like achieve certain things, and they can only sort of happen when your child is not in the mix, because toddlers aren't yet old enough to kind of just go to a corner and entertain themselves like you need to be a part of the entertainment yeah. as their parent so and you and, also have to keep them from killing themselves and and, and like teaching you know, and teaching them things that you know like it it's it requires a bit more involvement on your end and yeah. so it's kind of hard to do that uh while balancing work excuse me and also you know trying to like you know clean up your house clean up their room yeah you know. We all got tested. We are negative. Yes, we are negative. Praise God. So, just put that out there. Yes. Um, also, just shout out to, uh, I don't know if he listens, but Kevin and Claire. Yes, they got married. They got married um, on Sunday. Sunday? I was going to say Saturday. No, I don't know Sunday. what date it is. On Sunday. It was Saturday. It was pushing Sunday. It was, it was a real quick wedding. Yeah, it was real jazzy. I just was like, why didn't we do this, Mark? This looks so simple and stress-free. The complete yeah. opposite of what we did. So, um, you know. But I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know. Uh, I, I was talking because the issue is, like, back then we had a lot of, like, we were both involved with church and involved with a lot of things. So we, we had a lot more people to yeah. be accounted for. Yeah. Now our circle is mad small. Like, we, yeah. we can get away with a, a, a quick wedding now. Yeah. Because our circle is small. But back then our, we had, like, a very broad circle because we were always around people. Yes, exactly. But, you know, it is what it is. I have no regrets. Yeah, we, I think we invited the Carters. Yeah, we did. Like yeah. I, I, we, was, we was out here doing mad enough, so mm-hmm. we just had mad people to invite. Yeah, can you put your phone vibrate, please? I was going to do that. I thought I had already done that. <laughs> All right, so you want to get right into the first part? I suppose so. Let's get right into it. All right, love, love it. it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, 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 love it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, 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 Okay, so this week's love it or lose it. I guess in honor of being hungry, um, you know, let's get into it. So this week's love it or lose it, food preparation methods. What do you love? What do you lose? And you could take it from either the standpoint of you actually preparing via these methods or you actually eating foods prepared in these methods. Either one, either take is fine. Um, So the four food prep methods are steaming, grilling, frying, baking. Steaming, grilling, frying, baking? Yes. Which one would you love? Which one would you lose? Steaming, grilling, frying, baking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I know your answer, but I'm gonna check it out nonetheless. Let's see what you. If you surprise me, give me a little razzle dazzle. Not razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle was one of my favorite phrases, by the way. I'm I'm trying to go through it. I'm like, what if um, I, you know, you gotta go through all the different kinds of food mm-hmm. and like which one you would appreciate the less of mm-hmm. and I think when I lose it is frying I knew that I knew you would say that um because I think everything else like I've had a like if it's made that way I'm pretty sure it's good okay there's a lot of frying that I don't want such as uh fried butter fried okay that's a bit much yeah I know but that's what I do 
It's a bit much. I will agree. Uh, I try it, but it sounds. I would, try, I, I would not try. I would try a bite. I don't want to. I don't want a heart attack. So no. I mean, just follow it with some water. No. Just follow it with um, some water. It'll be all, fine. All the stuff they try to fry at fairs is just too much. Not all of it. Like a Mo- fried Oreo is delightful. It that's where it stops. I mean, I feel like I've had fried other things that have been. Yeah, okay. and it's always too much for me. Okay. Okay. All right. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> so it's too much. Hey, even a fried Oreo, I could have like one. I could have more than one, but you know. after one, I'm like, all right, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that that's enough. <laughs> you you've done enough. It's hashtag too much. <laughs> that's fine. Um, like I've had some fried things were okay, but like it's just I don't I don't need grease on top of this. But the grease is what makes it good. It makes it too much. I feel like <sighs> I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have a heart attack every single time, immediately. So. It's too much. I, I'm not doing it. But fried, I can like it's too much. Like everything else, I'm. I feel like most times, I've had it. I'm cool. I don't want fried stuff all the time. There's, there's a lot of times I don't want fried things. There's many times I don't want fried things. It's most of like, the time. Once in a while, I'm like, okay, I'll take it for. But many times, I'm like, I don't want nothing fried right now. Yeah, you're not a yeah a big fried. Because I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I, feel like, I, feel, I feel like it's stopping my heart. Yeah, that's why you're not into Popeyes because everything at Popeyes is fried. Yes, everything. I'm like, can I get a grill or something? Can I? No, they don't do that there. They, no, they don't. It's so fried chicken. Like, it's I'm like, it, it's terrible. I feel like I'm gonna die. My heart's gonna stop. It's I delicious. Just like work out after and drink a lot of water. Oh, that that, that works out. Well, I haven't died yet. Okay, but I don't know. If that's that's the criteria we're going with. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to help you with some working strategies that have worked for me. Or um, just, you know, not do that. You try to help people and they just don't want it's that. It's not help, Kristen. It is help, Mark. I'm help trying to help for, you. Help me do what? I'm trying to help you live life and enjoy tasty things. I enjoy tasty things. Do you? Yes. They're not fried, though, so I mean. That's the only tasty thing is fried things? They are tastier than other things. All right. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is your lose it, ma'am? Uh, I think my lose it's going to be steaming. That's That's boring. I think I like steamed vegetables. Um, I enjoy a steamed flying fish. And I may be saying that because Cleo Nichols made a bomb steamed flying fish. I haven't really had any since. Um, but I don't typically enjoy things that are steamed other than vegetables. Steamed, steamed things have to be seasonal. Yeah. Like I just don't like like it just doesn't have enough oomph for me. Like steamed chicken steamed like any type of steamed anything that isn't really a vegetable or flying fish made by cleo nichols i'm good i don't need it i think it's fine if it's it, if it's seasonal it's, if it's just, not seasonal well, it's even with the season it's still just what what is what, what it doesn't is, give me the zhuzh you know it doesn't give me the, it the, the fry yeah yeah <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't give the me fry. what i need like i'll bust down a steamed vegetable all day long all day twice on sundays but Beyond that, I don't particularly enjoy steamed anything. I'm always like, "Oh, that's gonna be boring." I've had I've had some mad bomb delicious steamed fish with vegetables. Fish is hit or miss for me because if it's not seasoned right, no, no. When I'm saying this, I'm saying seasoned right. I know, but still, I'm like, I would. I don't prefer a steamed fish. Like I would rather have a baked fish or a fried fish or even a grilled fish. Like a steamed fish is just kind of like, ah, right. I'll eat it, but like it's not, it's not high on my list of things to do. It's not my preferred. Yeah. What, what meh meh? It's the <laughs> truth. I mean, I think when we went to that fish market that one time, I, I did try the steamed fish and it was delicious. That's that's what I'm talking about, actually. 
but I don't. I tried it that one time. Like I'm not running back for it. But if that fish was fried, though, that would take away everything. No, I, I like the fresh tasting of things, though. I like the processed. Okay, that's something you should work on. You have your likes. I have my likes. Why do we need to work on things? Just, just, just let's, like, let's just I, like what I, we I like. I like things that like taste fresh and taste natural and taste like. And that's why I like the steam fresh because I feel like it brings out this, the naturalish. Oh, I'm sorry, um, fresh, um, fresh up, freshness of the fish with the vegetables. It just it just tastes fresher. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. I enjoyed it the time I had it, but it, it's not my preferred situation. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't do it again. It was cool, but like I wouldn't. Boo. Right. <laughs> Why the boo? You get the boo. That hurts my feelings. I'm deeply hurt. It's you're fine. Um, so what's next? Um, my preferred. So I have. I, I'm gonna break it up. I think. I'm not break it up. I I think I enjoy baking. For the laziness oh, of I, it. I, I tell you my love. My, my, oh, okay. Go ahead. My, my love it was grilling. Okay. Your love it was grilling. Why? Yeah, I, I think I like um things that are grilled. Um. Uh. I think it has a different taste than it's grilled when with um charcoal. It just has a mm. different has a different taste to it, and you can just do a lot of things with grill. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things I've tasted like grill. It just makes it better. Okay, gotcha. Um, like most, if it's made right, it makes it better. Mm-hmm. And like if it's made wrong, then no. Yeah. Like like grilled chicken is made better if it's made correctly, mm-hmm. right? Um, if it's like many people burn their chicken, which probably shouldn't, but <laughs> grilled chicken is made well, it's made better. Yeah, yeah. If it's seasoned right and it's like actually grilled, because I think grilling is an art. It's like you got to grill to the point where like the char comes through, but you don't burn the meat, yeah. but you also don't undercook the meat. Because I think sometimes with grilling, it's it's you can have the char marks, but the meat still not be cooked all the way through. Yeah. So it's 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 a little dicey. It's a, it's an art. Yeah, like a hot dog that's not grilled is. Nowhere close to a hot dog is spoiled. I don't want you to bring up hot dogs. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> but um, a hamburger that's I just got grilled, angry on the inside again. A hamburger that's grilled is just better. It's just way better. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um. So, like, I think, like I said, something grilled is just it's just better. Um. But I will understand if someone's comparing it to like bad grilling they've had. Yeah. Like grilled corn, grilled burgers, grilled vegetables. Um, things think, like I've, I've that's you. I didn't do that. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, just things that are grilled are just are just better for me. Gotcha. All right. So what what about you? Um, for me, I think uh I do enjoy like consuming fried food for sure. I don't necessarily enjoy frying food myself, like. In the in the in the time that we've been together, how often have you actually seen me fry anything? Like for real, probably never. I may have attempted to fry chicken one time. In my head, I'm gonna do it all the time. Like I'm gonna buy chicken wings and I'm gonna fry them, and it's gonna be lit. I've I've probably attempted to do it one time. Um, I like to eat fried things. I don't know. I just I'm a little calamitous. So you know, and I'm afraid of like, you know, semi burning down the house or. The, the oil popping up and splashing me in the face because that's happened to me before. Just when I've been trying to do a little pan sear and definitely the oil splashed upon my chin. I was like, this is rude. Too much oil and too hot. 
and the burner the burner was weird it like the flame wasn't even all the way around like it was higher on one side than the other anyway frying's not really my my idea of a good time in terms of food prepping i actually like baking i'll take a saute before i take a fry hey um it's all right but i mean nothing beats the the crunch of a fry it's just yeah that crunch can't I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take a breaded you do like a breaded and i'm like but where's the fry sis you have breading where's the fry it doesn't have to be, it have to be fried we bread it it makes it better um i think my preferred is baking i like baking things i like you know seasoning something up letting it marinate then putting it in the oven and letting it bake i think i kind of got that from like my grandmother because she used to bake a lot of stuff when i was a kid like a lot of food we ate was like baked like baked chicken baked fish like she baked a lot of stuff and so i think that's that's kind of my go-to method for cooking things is is baking things um plus i don't know if it's the laziness in me because baking things just it gives it's not laziness that's the wrong word i think i also enjoy baking because you it's kind of like a set it and forget it kind of thing like you put it in the oven 400 degrees 45 minutes it beeps it's done like you don't have to think about it you have to constantly monitor it like you know this is how it's supposed to go so you can put it in there and then turn your attention to you I guess know, other parts of the meal that you have to make or something else that you need to take care of while it's cooking like you don't have to be like over it every five seconds like the way you are like if you're you know like grilling something or if you're frying something yeah i guess out of, out of those four choices that that is the easiest cooking method it is it is because you know because even steaming you have to keep watching it yeah you have to keep watching it because so it won't, 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 won't get too soft yeah yeah baking baking is for the person who's got other things to do while this food is cooking yeah like I if they got another piece they got to work on for the meal like oh I, let me let me you know i don't know wash this rice or let me let me steam the, i don't know something let me go do something else let me go throw these clothes in the laundry real quick baking is a great it's a great situation and it's you know a healthy way to cook your food like you're not frying it in oil so you're not adding any extra stuff to it and a lot of times it's you know it's just literally just your seasonings and a little bit of oil in the pan or whatever when you put it in the oven to bake and that be that be the end of it Word. so yeah that's those are our choices anything else any other things we want to add here oh um, no no all that's, right that's really what um yeah all right good. so that was our love it, love it or lose it, it. hey love it, it. Or lose it, hey, 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 love it. Or lose it, hey, love it. Or lose it, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, so definitely let us know what you think about this week's Love It or Lose It. You can find us on the socials and connect with us there. Um, all Love No Fair P1 on Twitter. Um, all Love No Fair Pcast on Instagram. All Love No Fear and All Love No Fear Podcast on Facebook. I know we've said it several times, but Facebook will not let us merge the two pages. So if you like message us on either one, we'll see it. You can also email us all of no fear pcast at gmail.com. And you can also email us through our website at all love no fear. I'm lying. Contact that all love no fear pcast.com. Word, 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 word. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about the the hot dog story before you move on? Before you Sure. So uh the reason that I said don't bring up hot dogs to me, um, to Mark a few minutes ago. Um, seems very random, seems very out of nowhere. Why would I be this, you know, incensed about hot dogs? So here's why. Um, 
we went to a function and um it was at a bar and you know when you think bar especially in the great city of new york you think okay they've got beverages they've got adult beverages but they also have at minimum a nacho a wing a slider a quesadilla a french fry like you know typical bar food right so we're at the bar i go up to the front you got to order through the window because you can't sit inside in new york city so i'm like all right bet let me see what they got so i see a bunch of drinks and i see like a very limited food menu i'm like okay and when i say food menu i mean like you know chips and salsa uh hummus and pita hummus with pita chips uh soup like real base model stuff so i said oh okay i saw the little qr code thing to get to their menu so i was like all right there must be more can't just be this on the thing i know they don't have a lot of space they can't be putting the full menu up on the thing all right bet so i click on the qr code thing and i go back to show mark and he's looking at the menu he's like is there more is there more is there more there wasn't um so we were quite hungry because we walked um about 18 minutes from where we parked the car to get this, to get to this place so famished um so the menu consisted of and i kid you not this is facts okay hot dogs chips and salsa hummus and pita chips tomato soup with crackers a veggie hot dog and you could get it with sauerkraut on it if you were feeling jazzy um that was it and that was it that was the menu that was the menu and so you know being famished not just like oh i could have something to hold me over i'm ready to eat is where i'm at so these are the options presented so we said okay we'll get some chips and salsa we'll get some whatever Peter chips and hummus and then two hot dogs and then two hot dogs so i order these things when we get the hot dog first of all it's uh, it's two boiled hot dogs on buns with a pa- one packet of ketchup and one packet of mustard next to it like i can't even begin to explain to you like i st- i paused just now because i visualized the container with the hot dogs and i got upset again um and it wasn't even like the 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 what do you call them the the Nathan's hot dog or the Frank's hot dog. It was them little itty bitty. I said, "What what are me supposed to do with this? What are me supposed to do? Me are hungry. You are a bar. I have never in all of the years I have gone to bars in all of the years been to a bar where the menu was five items. If you are a bar, never ever. You don't have a kitchen. Close down. <laughs> That's number one. If you do not have a kitchen, close down. You are worthless." You're not worth, worthless you are worthless as a bar I don't know how you're staying open this this bar is somehow still open and they don't have a kitchen with anything that that I think is a racist place because black people are not going to a bar they, they, they don't want black people there that's what I've decided not I've racist deci- I can't I've decided that if you have a bar and you don't provide food you don't want black people there because what they were saying was basically they had to provide food because of Andrew Cuomo's saying that if you have a bar and you want to serve alcohol outside, you got to provide food. So what they decided to do, because when we went inside for, to get to go to the bathroom, I noticed it. They had two crockpots with hot dogs in there. They had store-bought buns. 
uh, store-bought chips and a bunch of packets of hummus. On the side, I saw a bunch of Campbell's soup and some crackers. That's, that is what they had in the back. They didn't have a kitchen. This was just on the counter. And that's how they serve people. So they, they, there were a bar that didn't have food before in the first place. They only had drinks. And if you're a bar that only has drinks, I'm of the belief that you are racist and you don't want black people there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the belief wow. that you are a racist bar. Don't wow, want you black took it to the next level. Because black people are not going to a bar that doesn't have zero food. That is, right. that is not happening. I was like, I was so confused. I, I promise I'm, you, when I saw that menu, I was like, this can't be it. There must be more. I'm of the belief must that be. you are a racist place that does not ha- that does not want black people there. That is what I'm believing. Yeah, um. so, I mean, listen. I mean, the, it did. I like just looking at it. I'm like, where would they have a kitchen? It was a very small they, space. They, like they had, they had a bunch of games in the back. You could put some games out, but a kitchen. Um, That's fine. Kitchen's more important. And the fact that they're still open and they've survived through the pandemic, I'm also of the belief that they were a front for a drug ring and the police should look into them. <laughs> <laughs> they are a front for a drug ring. Not a front or for a drug ring, they Mark. S- or they sell children. No, they, my they're, God, they're no. They're doing something else to make money because no. there's no way that you are still in business. <laughs> you only sell the, you're obviously a front for a drug ring. <laughs> Obviously, obviously, there's no other reason why you are still in business other than you're a friend as a for a drug ring. Jesus, Mark, I can't. So, I, can't, I, can't I think I can't. that the police should look into them oh. and oh find God. out what's going on. What What are they really doing <laughs> in real life? Because that impossible. But they're still alive. I can't. After I can't. All this time, I just you know, impossible. it was an experience. It was an experience. Impossible. They're still, they're, they're still, they're still kicking after this time. Impossible. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. I, so, I, I, so obviously they're a front for a drug ring, and they're making money selling children on the side. All of that sounds awful, but um, <laughs> obviously, I okay, okay, oh, okay, all right, uh, okay. That is that is a strategy. <laughs> That is a strategy. That it's, is it's obvious. That is a storyline. I, I don't know why. It, it's so obvious. <laughs> Not it's so obvious. I can't. It, I don't know why. Why no one has seen through, through the lies that they've been telling people. That's fine. That's fine. I I don't know what those people are doing over there, but what I do know is that they. I, I told you it's a, it's a front for a drug ring. I, okay. <laughs> I, I, I told you what they were doing. I <laughs> because why why are you still open after after that trash? Because when I first saw the menu, I was like, oh, obviously, these are the best hot dogs over here. That's why they're still open. Because people are like, oh, I come here for the hot dogs. Obviously. And then they were the same boiled hot dogs you make at the house. It was it was a boiled hot dog. I mean, thankfully, they weren't expensive. Because I would have been mad if they were expensive. And also, I didn't pay for it. So, you know, whatever. But still, I just... Again, I've I work in Tribeca. I have I've, a certain standard when it I've, comes to bars, and that you, you, that was not it. No, you don't have to have a standard. All bars have a chicken wing, a quesadilla, a nacho, something, a yeah. french fry, something. None of those none of those things that are a slider, none of those things that are at all bars was not there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little. It was yeah yeah it was, it wasn't good. It didn't. It I get it to bar his drinks, but you have a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cool. Like it, the the, the fellowshipping was fine. The socializing was fine, but the food part. But we bring the fellowship, right? That's why the customer. Yeah, like 
we could have we, what, what are you we, there for? we could have done that anywhere 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 i mean the fact that there was there were people who were there who were like oh no nah, i'm not doing this and went across the street to the very aptly located uh deli and got sandwiches and brought back to the restaurant outside to eat because it was like what is this what is this? I so I sure did go across the street. They provide the same services as a guy on a corner with a bunch of liquor bottles on his, under his cart. Same service. They pay a lot of rent for that place to just do that. They pay, they have to provide the same exact service. Yeah. As a stall that has liquor. You know what? That's what we get for going outside. That's what we get. <laughs> That's what we get. Yeah. In in COVID, even though it was for a good cause, in COVID, people supposed to be inside, and we went outside, and that's what happened. So look at us; it's All our right. fault. Okay, we did this to uh, ourselves. Let's um let's move on to the topic. Yes, let's move on to the topic. So, um, I guess the the best way I kind of put it was art versus the law. Okay. Um. So basically, uh, Mark you, and I. You, you want me to, um? I yeah, Mark t- and I kind of had like a light debate about this on was it Friday Saturday? Um, Saturday. Saturday. So I don't know if you want to tell us or you want me to. Yeah. So the the story is there was um, what happened. Um, I'll, I'll see how I pull up the article while I'm talking. So um, there was a uh, a story. Let me get the actual story. Um, in Maryland, uh, there was a case that happened in 2017. It was a killing of George Forrester, who was shot by a drug dealer after he attempted to buy cocaine with a counterfeit bill. Based on a single witness identification, single witness, um, Lawrence Montague was indicted for, for Forrester's murder. He was indicted. Three weeks before trial, Montague used a jailhouse telephone to record a rap verse, which was then uploaded to Instagram at Montague's trial. The state of Maryland introduced a telephone recording of the lyrics as evidence of Montague's guilt, and Montague was convicted and sentenced to a combined 50 years for second-degree murder and use of a firearm in a crime of violence. Maryland's highest court took the case on appeal and affirmed Montague's conviction, finding that the danger of unfair prejudice posed by the admission of the lyrics does not substantially outweigh the lyrics' probative value. In making this determination, the court widely understates the unfair prejudice posed by the use of this type of evidence. As a dissenting opinion by Judge Shirley Mary West notes, the decision here does little more than portray a defendant to be a person with base violent tendencies who is capable of this indiscriminate violent criminal acts. So, the debate, it wasn't specifically with this case, but just this concept of... um being able to use lyrics mm-hmm. as evidence mm-hmm. for a case mm-hmm. and everything. And, um, and what, um, I, I mentioned that I fully disagree. Mm-hmm. I fully disagree. And, um, Chris, I do not Kristen disagree. does not fully disagree. I do not fully disagree. <laughs> disagree with that. And I guess, do you want to start with your argument or you want to start with mine? Uh, I don't know. What do you prefer? All right. I'll, I'll start with mine. Uh-huh. So, this is my statement. My statement is <laughs> um, opening statement. <laughs> not opening statement. This opening is, statement. We are not lawyers by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> We've been watching a lot of Law and Order before we started recording, so maybe that's why Mark is talking about opening yeah. statement. All right. So my opening statement is this: I believe that when um, that as a creative that. 
artists, a lot of times we ju- we just create and everything. And I believe that uh, being a creative and creating things, you create things from your experience, from other experiences, and create things, right? Um, music, uh, movies, uh, drawing, <laughs> poetry, whatever it is, you you just create based on what's going on. I don't think there should be any limit on what you create, right? First point, that's that. Number two, I understand that I, I think this person was foolish because they understand that people were trying to find a reason to convict them. So, I, but I'm not debating his foolishness. I'm debating the law. I'm debating like, yes, there is hip hop police that focus on hip hop artists, but there shouldn't be. So I'm not debating what is happening and their people's response to what is happening. I'm res- I'm debating that that shouldn't be. That's what I'm debating. Okay. And that, and that that was what my issue was in the first place. I'm not I'm not debating what what is going on right now and the response of what you should do to that. My my issue has been and always will be what the law is and how they treat um black artists. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the fact that they um th- they will always it will always be hip hop or rap lyrics that mm-hmm. will be the issue mm-hmm. is always going to be my issue. The fact that there is a hip hop police and things like that. Reason why I say that is because they don't do that for any other genre, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, I looked up a lot more to like after we had the debate to confirm it, but there there are many country songs mm-hmm. that talk about full murders and full description. Okay. Full. Um, there's country songs that talk about full rape of the other of their wives and rape of the thing and full description. Okay. <laughs> Um, same thing with rock songs. It's first thing about mass murder and like mm-hmm. there's just full things like that. Mm-hmm. But the one that they've oh they always pinpoint mm-hmm. in term in terms of um art mm-hmm. has always been hip hop. And mm-hmm. I'm I am i am always annoyed with how they will always seem like hip hop is the violent one. Mm-hmm. And they've done that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they are quick to do that is because of non understanding. Um, meaning uh, that you'll have um, so hip hop started from start like they will say it started in the Bronx. People were always just talking about things that have happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, of course, it started in the party scene. People were doing it back and forth and battling back and forth and having fun, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then, like some people would make songs about things that were going on, and it was just, it, it was it's always been just a descriptive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the years, um, I'll say it didn't really, it really didn't, this, this, this rotation didn't really stop to like around 2000, 2005. But before that, there was always a rotation of music. And I've, I spoke about it before. It was always party music, then more gangster, gangster um, violent music, then more conscious music, mm-hmm. then party music. It was, it was just that rotation. The reason why it was why um the rotation was important because um party music was people were having fun and everything like that. 
the gangster music was where most of the good li- all the lyrics came out and was became more lyrical mm-hmm. right because people were just like people were saying things and content was a certain way but they were just having fun with their lyrics mm-hmm. and they were saying certain things and people were like oh they're being violent and they were just saying things sometimes they were talking about things that were going on but it was just a creative way to say certain things and then after all the create people saying crazy things and they were saying all the violent things people were like oh you're doing too much and that's when someone will come up with the more conscious and people are like, oh, we're done with that. We, don't, we want to hear more conscious music so I become unpopular. Mm-hmm. And then conscious music, people go unpopular and everything, everything. Everyone's like, all right, I just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, it's, it's too much. I want to have fun. And then the part, so like that's why that, that rotation was happening. Mm-hmm. This, all this to say, the reason why, I, like I said, I have the issue is that um, when you, when you put, the, they, they, when you put the law out there, that rap lyrics, it, it what it does is it makes people feel like I'm going to not express myself a certain way because I'm worried about how it's going to be treated and that stifles creativity. Anything that stifles creativity bothers me because I, I like if, if it was if it was one thing where um they were like the cops always got the right person, mm-hmm. uh, they always uh, focus on the right per people. <laughs> they like that. Then it will be a different story. Great, it will be a great thing. But that is, is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, they're tar- like they're not, they're not targeting everybody for what they're doing and trying to do that. They're just targeting black people specifically. Okay. And that 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 is what my concern is. Okay. Uh, so my feelings about it are this. Is there a problem with the fact that black artists and black music is targeted more for these kinds of things uh, in terms of monitoring and um, policing and whatever the case is? Is it targeted more than others? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree with you that there is a problem that the quote unquote hip hop police exists or ever existed. I don't. I don't see why a particular genre of music has a whole task force of people dedicated to investigating it or whatever the case is. I also do think that it can be problematic for rap lyrics to be used in legal proceedings. In the case that you described to me when you first came to me and told me about this, that person did it to themselves. Like they were in jail for the offense that they were accused of killing somebody or whatever the case is. They were already in jail for that. The authorities already had an eyewitness who said that they saw the person do this. I don't know what other physical evidence they had besides the eyewitness. I don't know if they had a murder weapon, found his prints or his DNA somewhere. I don't know what else they had. So my whole argument was, why would you get on a jailhouse phone where you know they monitor the jailhouse phones and rap a verse where you basically sound like you're verbally admitting to what you're already in jail for and then be surprised that they would bring it into court? To me, if I were an attorney, that makes sense. My problem is when the lyrics are brought into something that has nothing to do with a situation like I was reading about a case where uh, a guy was locked up for a murder or an attempted murder and they included rap lyrics from like 
years before this incident that he was currently in jail for ever happened. I disagree with that completely. That's not related to the case. Like they brought it in as a look, he's violent. He says violent things, but it had like this, this alleged murder happened, like let's say 2018. And the song he made was from 2014 that I disagree with. I don't agree with bringing that in because he's not saying the name of the person he attacked. He's not saying anything that's directly linked to the case. He's just saying, oh yeah, I be in them streets, gang, gang, whatever. That's different to me than somebody rapping lyrics where they are like legit dropping names and saying, this person caught a body about a week ago. Like, it's not hard to put together a timeline when you're giving such specific information. So to me, I feel like that's not helping your case. Um, When you, if you already, and my whole thing is this, is it unfair that black music is targeted in the way that it is? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And one of the articles I was reading, they were saying, you know, it would be preposterous to think, you know, uh, Bob Marley shot the sheriff because he made a song that shot the sheriff. But also if Bob Marley shot a sheriff, I would think he'd be smart enough to not make a song with the opening line. I shot the sheriff. Like, I mean, I understand people expressing their reality and being authentic in the art that they put out. But I think you also have to be smart about it. Like there are way I feel like there are ways you can say stuff without just being outright explicit and opening the door for you to be investigated. Like I said, Jay-Z talks about selling drugs all day on songs. I have not once heard Jay-Z tell me a specific corner he was on when he was selling a drug. He, he has done that. I, I haven't heard it. He, he, he has definitely done He's that. never said... He, he has said street names many times. No. Yes, he has. But I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm not saying he said, I was on the corner of of uh, Eastern Parkway and Troy Avenue yes, at yes. 6, 11 p.m. on Like, he's not giving, like, just, okay, hard, so, like, so I, de- I, I, like I detailed wanna... things. Like, Correct. Like, and, that's, like said, and that's the point I'm trying to make when, he, when you're talking about creativity and, and stifling creativity. I don't believe that an artist has to stifle creativity to talk about what's really happening in their lives. I actually think being it forces more creativity to find ways to talk about these authentic experiences that you've had without legit building the case for the prosecution correct like so, so when you're saying my friend shot somebody and there's already an investigation into that person's murder you've you've now verbally tied your friend or yourself or whoever to that like you've said we did this. I did this. Like you're putting, you're, you're tying things together for people as opposed to, you know, being more creative and saying stuff slick and kind of like making it harder to put the story together. Like some of these rappers, they just put the story together for the person who's looking like, well, didn't have to do any work there. And I think that's my only thing. I, like, I, I can't argue with you being prosecuted or it being brought up when you put the, sh- the ish together. Yeah. So, it's one thing if it's like more like, you know, generic and it's like kind of harder to weave together and it's more of a stretch. But when you just come out and explicitly put it out there, it's like, well, how can I argue with someone saying, can this be admissible? Do I think that it's a problem because they use these lyrics to say that this is who this person is and they're not separating the the rapper from the human? I think that's a problem too. But I'm like, come on, you got to be smarter than this now. Come on. So, the um few things I want to mention, like that. That's why I said I want to like take it away from this case because like there's a lot of things that like about this case that might that people might address, but I'm I'm talking about mostly the statement the court made in okay. terms of it. So meaning 
he said it. He said it over a jailhouse phone, mm-hmm. and they say anything under a jailhouse phone can be admissible in court. So yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. But that's not what they said. They said rap lyrics can be used as evidence. That is what I'm saying. They, and that statement, because it hasn't been used before, because what 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 has happened before, for instance, is that like they will do things to get public opinion, right? Mm-hmm. The police will release the song of the person to mm-hmm. media, yeah, to, to rally, yeah, yeah. And, and and they'll do that, and they yeah. they've been doing that for years, right, right, right. And they're like they're like, all right, this person said the music and everything, but it's still not evidence. You know what I'm saying, right? Um, they'll do things where like they'll just try to do ways to utilize it as a tool mm-hmm. but not evidence mm-hmm. but the court putting out a statement saying these rap players are missable can start a a downward spiral of things and that's what I'm saying I that, understand but I think the context of that is he did it on a on a government recorded phone line correct I understand what you're saying, but that's that's but, the stupidity but that, of it. But that's not the statement they said. They said well, the statement they put out was rap lyrics are admissible as evidence. That's the statement they put out. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, like, 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 like I said, anytime you watch um, any law show and everything, all all you need is a judge to let it go by. Right. All you need is one judge to let it go by. Mm. So now that case can be pulled up for future things right it can set a precedent yes correct so and and that is where the issue is because like because if all, all you need is a judge to say something that, that's why like the the judge has to be they have to be all on the same page with certain things right because one judge can mess up for all other prosecutions right. well i mean in the case you're talking about it's already happening this is not new like um I pulled up this article. Um, the, the American Civil Liberties Union determined that courts admitted defendants' rap lyrics into evidence in trial in almost 80% of cases examined from 2006 to 2013. So this is not new. Is it right? No, it's not new. It's been going on since at least 2006, maybe before that, where black rap lyrics has been, have been admitted into evidence against somebody. So... While I understand the point you're making, I feel like I have a hard time, you know, having sympathy for somebody who does what that young man that you're talking about in that particular case did. Yeah, because I don't I'm have like, sympathy for him. I'm like, bro, you, didn't your lawyer tell you? Got it. I don't like, have, did, what, what's T? I don't have sympathy for them. I'm have sympathy. I, I, I'm I'm worried a lot about what this what how this sets a precedent. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about how this sets a precedent for the future. precedent has already been set is the point I'm trying to make. The reason that that happened in that person's case is because this has been already happening. The precedent has been set. Correct. But this is the, the, there's a reason why this has been become a big thing mm-hmm. uh, because the um, usually for other cases, mm-hmm. the amount of evidence is overwhelming and this is part of it. Mm hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot for having only one witness testimony. And again, like I said, we don't know. They did not say in that article what other physical evidence they had. I, I refuse to believe that the case was hinged on an eyewitness and a rap lyric. That is stupid. I cannot imagine. And my lawyer people can chime in and let me know. But I, I find it very hard to believe that someone would be prosecuted based off of an eyewitness statement and a rap lyric. They had to have something else. I'm going by based on what what has been said. 
but they're not going to talk about every single thing in every single like article that's put out. There had to be more than that. That doesn't make any sense to me. They had to have either a murder weapon, evidence of him via DNA or fingerprints somewhere. Like it's not possible that he was convicted off of one person saying they saw him and a rap lyric. That's not a case. They obviously had to build something more to even arrest him in the first place. Like No, no, they, they arrest him because of, because of the witness testimony. They obviously had to have more or found more after arresting him to build a case. Like no, le- no legal eagle, no law firm is sending a, a lawyer to court with just the, oh yeah, Johnny said he saw him do it and then we have a rap lyric. That sounds nuts. It does sound nuts, which is why it's become a big case. I understand. It does sound nuts, which is why it's like it's been highlighted so much. What's been highlighted so much? That, that about this this case in general. I understand. I it does, I know it sounds nuts, but that's the reason why everybody's been like, "What's going on with this case?" I I I know. I know it sounds nuts. So you mean to tell me that that you think that they came over there with an eyewitness statement and a rap lyric, and that's that's as far as they got? Like I'm I'm not saying that the witness statement was like was trash, but it I'll I'll because I'll, that that that's not a that's I've I'm no lawyer like I said, but I'm like I've watched enough of these legal shows, First Forty Eight, Law and like I've watched enough of this to know that that's not enough. Like you have to have more to get a whole case started it can't just be somebody said they saw because the person who said they saw can recant now what do you have you can't build a case off of a rap lyric now you have to have more than that i understand like it just I, doesn't make logical sense the, re- the reason why i'm i i and like i said i, I don't want to go too much into this case because they using it because it was a jailhouse phone right um but like for instance admission of guilt mm-hmm. right um, goes of very far in terms of legal, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying they they were saying that basically, him saying over the phone was an admission of guilt because yeah. it was, but but that's why it was went so strong. That's so that is the was so if if it, if you have one person saying you did it and you have your words mm-hmm. saying you did it, mm-hmm. that is maybe all the evidence you need, right? Possibly, so, but again. They have to have more than that. Like, they, like if if I said if someone said I did something and then I said I do something, that is enough to convict me. Without a murder weapon, a DNA, to, a nothing like that. That is enough to. That yeah. is a very flimsily built case. But okay, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just very flimsily built. I'm like it, it is flimsily built. But if it, it, it's it's one thing if I don't admit it, unless they have someone else, they they have someone else. Another suspect on the case that that that, that they want to interview. If someone's if if someone says this person murdered something and they ask me and I say I murdered somebody, that's all they need. That's enough to get them in the door, but like that's enough for a case. And it's and, enough I, for a case, but I feel like they still need to come up with more than just that because those things can be disputed. The arguments can be made that you were you were made to say that under duress, you were under the influence of drugs or alcohol when you said it. Like there is a lot of rigmaroles around those things kind of standing on their own. So that's why I'm saying they gotta be more than just, oh, someone said he did it and you said something. Like So the, for, for, for instance, um 
let let let's let's go with the uh, the Central Park Five, mm-hmm. right? Central Park Five. The reason why they were convicted mm-hmm. was each other was just saying what each other was doing, and they were, they were all saying. There was no other witnesses saying that they were there. Mm-hmm. It was just them mm-hmm. saying that they were there. Mm-hmm. So a person said they were there, and they think they were there. They created a story mm-hmm. about what what was there, mm-hmm. but that was enough to convict them. Was that not? Wasn't there DNA found? No. Anywhere near the victim? No, because they didn't do anything. But I don't think they were convicted because, simply because they said they were somewhere. They were convicted because they were li- they they were the the other people made it seem like they were liars. And but, once you can cast doubt on somebody, that's enough. What do you mean? Be, be, once be, once you can cast doubt on the credibility of what someone is saying, that's enough to create doubt in the juror's mind and be like, oh, they're lying, they're lying, they're lying. So it's like if they're lying about being there, then but, they're probably lying about raping her. So got it. But they still need to have a story, and the story was. Um, the main guy, the guy who's older, mm-hmm. who got sent to the actual prison. Mm-hmm. That's the story they went with, right? And here's the thing, and and the, I, I'm glad you bring this up because the other piece of this that we're not touching on is racism. Well, I, I said that though. When did I, you? I didn't I, hear you say it. I said it in the beginning. I was like the the, but that's that's the point I'm making with the rap lyrics though. That's the issue I'm having with that. That's what I'm trying to say is that racism could play into part into how someone's getting convicted. Like I said, I'm, I'm not going too much with this case specifically. I'm just going I, like I don't. I don't want to go talk about this case. I'm more focused on the issue of the law. Okay, and again, uh, the 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 portion of this that makes it more challenging is racism. There is a belief that black people are more violent and more dangerous than everyone else, and any anything that we like, we're automatically presumed to be guilty before any evidence is ever found. All right. Um, Again, like you said, like Central Park Five, great example. Like stories can be made up, and and uh, there can be things that are like planted and placed places or whatever the case is. Like narratives can be created. Correct. Narratives can be created. I'm not denying that, not at all. But what I am saying is, there's there's accountability on a few levels. For one. There's accountability on the level of the music industry as a whole, because somebody somewhere has figured out that violent rap sells. And therefore, the artists, in my opinion, that I feel that will get the the more intense promotion for their music from some of these record labels are the artists who are putting out the more violent music because you know who, you know why the violent rap music is what sells because white people think that black people are violent and they also think we're cool. So what they want to do is have the black experience, which they think is being cool and being violent but they don't want to like go around any hoods or be around any real black people. So how do they create that where white people can have the black experience? They push rap by artists 
who are putting out music that reflects that hood, rough upbringing, rough life, violent narrative. That is that is the truth. Yes. And we can't shy away from the fact that there is a billion dollar music industry who intentionally puts this kind of music out and makes sure that it makes it to the airwaves and makes it to the places where the masses will hear it. This is not to say that there aren't artists out there who aren't doing that kind of rap that aren't getting promo. But when you look at the people who like seem to just get a lot of push and they're everywhere, they're making, they're making that kind of music and they're being made to feel, I think, that that's the kind of music they have to make in order to sell. Like a lot of these kids that are out here rapping out, they, none of what they are talking about on these tracks are real. They haven't lived this life. They haven't really done any of this for real. They might have been adjacent to it. They might have seen it. But many of them have no real like direct hands on this is really how I was living. Some do, but not all of them do. But because there's this idea that if you're black and if you're a rapper, this is the kind of music you have to put out or you won't be successful. There is a lot of this stuff being put out that people are thinking is authentic and it's not. And it's actually tripping these guys up because now they're on a radar in a way that they don't need to be um, because they're saying stuff that they think their record label is telling them they need to say. Like, yes, do we have people like Chance the Rapper and, you know, uh, uh, what's that boy's name? Corday and other artists who are very talented, very lyrical, doing great things with their music. But it's like, when you see like, what's the, what's, what's the one that died? Triple X. Um, uh, what's that other one? Juice World. Like, the type of music these guys was making was like dark. And they was talking about some really, really wild stuff on there. And you know who some of their biggest fans were? White kids. Because again, the, the industry believes, this is my opinion, that that's the type of music that is an re- accurate reflection of black people. And that's what they want to sell to black people and to their own people to further reinforce the narrative that black people are violent. I guess then how does that fall, fall, fall on the artist then? It falls on the artist in the sense of if that's not authentic to who you are, if that's not really your life story, if that's not really your struggle, that shouldn't be the type of music that you're putting out. Because if you're talking about creativity and stifling creativity, asking someone to to make that kind of music to sell some records, that's stifling their creativity because that's not who they really are. That's not their real life. But you're telling them this is the image we want to put out of you. Like how many like look at the what's them called amigos? They out here looking like trap stars. All of them got parents that's married and college educated. But the industry said, if you want to be a successful rap group, you got to give us this rough uh, Atlanta, whatever image that is. And there's a lot of rappers out there like whose real backstory is that they like rap music. They might be very lyrically talented, but you can't sell like, like a Drake is a hard to, is a, is a one in a million kind of situation. A Chance the Rapper is a, a kind of one in the million situation. I feel like things are set up in such a way where the average run of the real, run of the mill rapper that is signed to a label, they don't have a lot of creative control over like their image and what kind of music they put out. They basically are, they sign a deal. And they're basically told, this is how we're going to present you. This is the package that we're giving. And so they're making music and talking about stuff that's like, it sounds like right, but like this isn't their real experience. So now they're compromising their own creative integrity to make a dollar. And don't get me wrong. I'm not arguing with 
people who have like dire financial situations or whatever the case is. And, you know, they're seeing it as this is an opportunity for me to make some money. I'll eventually get an opportunity to put out the kind of music I really want to make, whatever the case is. But like, I do feel that, you know, the industry does create this idea where you have to be this kind of way to be a successful rapper. And then if you want to be a successful rapper and you want to play the game, you play the game. Why is it a problem to talk about experiences not your own? I guess to me, I feel like there's an authenticity that makes hip hop unique in comparison to other genres. Like looking at like a R&B and a pop, like a lot of the songs that those people sing, other people write for them that they might have an experience that's like all the other genres be right for them but go ahead i'm just giving an example of, of genres i know something about um look at like diane warren and all these other songwriters who've written these great songs for like mariah carey and whitney houston i don't think that the expectation for those genres is that those genres get are like i'm talking about army specifically i'll just stay there like the expectation is that people are talking about relationships and romance and love and like we have like artists like jojo who's an amazing singer but was singing some very grown songs at 13 talking about get out leave she was 13 she was living with her mom who was she kicking somebody out of but like she can still deliver the music without it being her experience i think because hip-hop started as uh like just jousting back and forth with um with the battle rapping and stuff like that and then even with like to me hip-hop is a storytelling kind of genre of music it could be and so i that's the way i look at it okay and so i feel as if when people are rapping they're telling me stories and i feel like my expectation is that those stories have some truth to them like yes people stories are embellished all the time 100 percent. that's I'm not sitting up here denying that that's a fact, but I feel like if you legit have never sold a drug, taken a drug, killed anybody, held a gun, if you've never done any of those things, why are you rapping about them? We might be talking about something you've, you've know some, or someone told you a story and you're just telling their story. Unless you start in a song with "This is my man's story," I don't need you to tell me. You don't have to. We don't have to do that. I, I just don't. But to me, I think even if it's not your story and you're telling someone's story, the words are still attributed to you at okay. the end of the day. And so you might have, you, you could you gotta pay them for the story. I just think that's weird. I I I, I, I definitely don't think that's weird. I at all. think that's weird. Like, because like, I've I've written poems from someone else's perspective, and I never in the beginning say, "This is not me. This is somebody else." <laughs> like I've never done that. Po- to me, poems aren't the same as a song. I, I, I think art is art. I don't think so. I think I think art, art's impact can vary. The truth is, more people will probably hear a song than they will hear a poem. A song will get far more circulation than a poem ever will, even if it's published, even if it's in books, even if it's on YouTube with you. It's going to it's never going to get the same amount of FaceTime as a song that's on the radio. And so I think it's different. There there is a difference. Yes, you can you can write a poem about uh, somebody else's perspective. You can sing a song 
written in somebody else's perspective but like i just feel like because my my perception of rap and the history of it has been storytelling when someone is rapping my first inclination is to think that they are rapping from some type of connection to what they're talking about that's just how i that's just how i take rap when i listen to jay-z royce the five nine eminem like when i listen to different artists i'm like okay this person is talking about an experience that they've had are they jazzing it up a little to make it work for a song potentially yes but this is still an authentic experience or situation or something that they had when or, you legit it, it, it could just be a feeling like i mean i rapped about killing his mother okay because he wanted to kill her i know but it, it's, it's just but it was, but he and didn't he, kill her and somebody, he, just, he just had a feeling and somebody he probably planned it he's but the, he's not right in the head the point I'm trying to make is somebody also should have looked into that and put that lady in witness protection because it did sound like he was really trying to kill her however <laughs> the, the point I'm making is a lot of times it's like it, it, it could even be like a story it's just how I feel sometimes and I talk about something but that's different than talking about something that you've never ever experienced like that's different to me you can talk about a feeling that's your feeling that's fine but if you have never held a gun sold a drug why are you talking to me about yeah me and my mans was on but the like, corner but selling but packs like, what are you talking about but why only hip hop goes by that standard though and no one else does because again like I said my thought and this might be a lot of people's thought but this is my thought the difference between hip hop and other genres of music was that hip hop was a very raw and uncut authentic storytelling type of situation and so is country so is I'm I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not trying to play games so is country okay I don't listen to country music I don't know I I know but like but like people always say people always say that's what the parallels were of between hip hop and country was okay country has always been a storytelling okay um, and if people are on there lying on their storytelling they should stop doing that too yes but no one's looking at them (laughs) Because they're white, Mark. What's the mystery? I'm not saying it's a mystery. <laughs> what? I'm not saying it's a mystery. Like, like I said, I'm not saying... Country music is made in KKK country. What's the mystery? I'm not saying what the mystery is. I'm not I'm not confused about why one is another. I'm not confused by that. I know you're not. I'm just trying to figure out why you're telling me about it. What I am saying is, like, I understand your perspective is coming from this is a racist country. They're going to target you, so watch your back. Pretty Got much. It. I understand what you're saying. I'm still, I'm talking against the notion that that is wrong. We should still speak up about it, against it. That is my- Speak that, up against what? That notion that they should, about them focusing on us and acting like no, we're, we're- No, it is wrong. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm, I know. I, I'm not saying that you're not saying it's wrong, but what I'm trying to say is you're talking, I understand where you're talking from. I'm talking from, I'm just aggressively attacking the, the stance that they're taking. No, I, I agree. I think that it is and, wrong. And, and, that, and that's where my... Like I think I, I'm not saying you're wrong yeah. in your sense. Because like, like I said, I understand. You're coming from, hey, this is this, they're going to come for you because you're a black person, hip-hop, this is hip-hop. Like, just, that, just be careful. Because I understand that. Right. I'm talking... That's why I keep saying I'm talking against the law. I'm talking right. against how they are approaching us. I'm not talking against... Um, be, be, because... I should have the freedom to do it the same way they have the freedom to do it. But you don't. So, 
what are you going to do? Are you are and you? And that's why I'm. That's why I said. That's why I feel as if I'm. People are speaking up against the law. That's why I keep saying that. I keep, I keep saying against the law because I understand what you're saying. I understand what what happens and how it plays out. Right. That's why I speak up against the law. I'm speaking. Up. I'm not saying I'm in agreement with the law either, but I'm also saying if you are doing certain things, shut up. Correct. Be I, quiet. Don't tell on yourself. I, I got it. I, I, shut it up. I got it. Because you're going to implicate yourself. I, you're I implicating yourself. I shut understand. up. I understand that. That's my point. I got it. But like on the other side, which which what this is what I was talking about. Like you, you're talking about stories. People tell stories all the time. People write stories all the time. People write stories about what's going on all the time. There's songs about stories. People just write about things going on. The and how this whole conversation started was I'm just worried about I'm not I'm not worried about this case specifically I'm worried about the response after that's what I'm always worried about I'm always worried about but the point I'm trying to make to you from the jump is there is no response after it's been happening this has been going on this is not new this is this case that you're talking about the precedent has already been set for this to happen to this person in the first place that's the point I'm making so it's like and I and I don't want us to get into this mindset that creativity is only limited to talking about violent things and terrible things and bad things that people have done or like we can talk about other stuff like what i, I like i i but I, I think creativity is just is the full the full gamut and people talk about things the full gamut and people, just like you can be creative about the street life you can be creative about the life that you want for yourself as a result of being a rapper. I, you can I, be you can be creative about a lot of things. And I think you should be able to talk about all of it. I think you should be able to talk about all of it too. But I also think you need to recognize the confines of where you are, what's happening around you, and pay attention. Because to me, what is the point of entering into the music industry, starting a rap career, Finally, and, and, and finally this, doing all and, the and this guy wasn't in the music industry by the way just point, point that out there but go ahead what even if he wasn't signed to a major label he was doing music either with the intention to get paid for it one way or another or to get some recognition from he nope I don't think anybody raps just to rap I don't oh, think so anymore. there's a lot of people who rap just to rap that's crazy um, <laughs> there's mad people who rap just to rap nah no I, no, I'm not saying. I'm not <laughs> saying. No, no, no. no. I'm, no I'm not saying that you're. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying, nah. You there's, should. There's mad people who rap just to rap. No, I, I don't understand. But okay. It, why? Why? Why do you sing? Because I feel like it. Okay. So you sing to sing. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not putting my music out. I, I don't have music. Is what I'm okay. saying. I don't have in, I, I I don't have independently created songs. I don't have like a presence on YouTube. Like I don't I don't have a social media thing. I just sing like in places where people ask me to. Okay. I, I don't look at myself as an artist, so you can't compare me to somebody who thinks okay. of themselves but, as an artist. But there's people who writes who who might just sing just because they enjoy singing. Okay. And if they're presented with the opportunity to make some money from it, they'll probably take it. If yeah, but like a lot, of, but they don't. Sometimes they don't start that way. They just want to. They just like I just like rapping. I like putting words together. Okay. I like the art of it. Okay, that's fine. Whatever this young man's story is, that's whatever. The point I'm trying to make is, what is the point of getting to the point where you're either signed or you're making a lot of money if you're an independent artist, 
doing music and you're doing this to better yourself, better your family, better your your financial situation for the entirety of your family for generations to come, why would you jeopardize that by talking about things that you know could get you hemmed up? That's the whole thing. Like, what's the point of getting to the pinnacle of, oh, I got signed or, oh, I'm making $250,000 a show. I'm, you know, I bought my mom a house. I'm putting my sister through college. Like, what's the point of achieving all that to get yourself caught up? Because you're telling on yourself and saying things that could get you like locked away for the rest of your life. You're The thing that you're using to make money is now being taken away from you and your family is now challenged because they can't afford to pay your legal fees. You were the breadwinner. You were the one making the money to pay for everybody's stuff. When you locked up and in jail, what money they getting? Nothing. Because what you know, you know what the feds or whoever arrests you're going to do? They're probably going to seize your assets, try to make money from any royalties of anything. So it's just like, I understand authenticity. I understand telling your story. I understand all of that. But people got to think about the bigger picture as well. And the bigger picture is the reason that you're doing rap. Yes, you may love it. That's cool. But for a lot of people, the bigger picture is you're doing rap because it's the outlet for you to change your life. And if you want to change your life, you got to be smart about how you're going about doing it. That's that's the thing I'm trying to say. So I, I guess. So are, is your statement saying if you were a criminal and you're talking about being a criminal or is it because you're just saying you shouldn't be talking about certain things after a certain point? Because those are two different things. I feel like there if you are aware of there being a target on your back or you being more carefully scrutinized you mean all black people okay good. i'm all, all hip hop is like they they do it to all hip hop that's what i'm saying saying like what do you mean what i mean is if you want to make the difference in your life and in your community and in your family or whatever that you want to do you have to think you have to think smart that the way black people have survived in this country is by thinking smart. And if it. that's what you want to do as a rapper, you have to think smart. I, I'm, I'm and, and so you have to be careful. I'm not saying edit yourself. I'm not saying change the type of rapper you are or change the type of rap that you do. But be careful. Be careful about the things that you say. Be careful about how you say it. Just if we're talking about you being creative, creatively find a way to talk about this without implicating yourself or others who were with you in some stuff that's going to get y'all locked up in the clink. Got it. I understand. Once again, I understand. Like, I understand you like be smart about talking about criminal behavior you have been a part of. Yes. Got it. Awesome. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about more. You You were talking about more of. We, we, you broached the topic of talking about experiences or things that you had nothing to do with and just talking about it. I don't like it. Okay. I know you don't like it, but I don't, I think people should have the freedom to do that. Even if you don't like it, that's fine. But people should have the freedom to do that. Why? What do you mean why? Because people like telling stories. But, but why, why? People like telling stories. It's just, it's just what people like doing. But if you're a rapper and you're supposed to be so talented, why do you feel like you have to talk about other people's stories and not be authentic in your own? Well, it's, it's, it's creativity to tell stories. 
But why do you have to tell stories that aren't your own, that aren't authentic to who you are as a person? We tell stories that are our own all the time as a creative. As it's just what you, you make up stories. It's just how things happen. It's just. It, but why? It, but, it's but, like but, saying, but, why do you read books? But like, what, why, why, why no, I read books? No. It's, just, it's the so, same thing. No, it's not. Here's the thing. If you, as a rapper, whether you live, if you, if you didn't live this life or not, if you know, as a rapper, that you are being highly scrutinized because A, you're black, B, you're rapper, C, whatever, whatever. Why would you choose to talk about stuff that you did not experience to open the door to further scrutiny for yourself? Why? That's stupid. It's not stupid. It is. It's dumb. <laughs> it's not. Why Why can't you rap about other stuff? Because it's that's possible. What I, want to, I want to rap about this. So then don't be surprised when people come knocking on your door like, okay, so in this song you said blah, 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 blah. Like, you have to understand how things make you look. And the fact of the matter is, whether we want to agree with it or believe it or not, we're all being monitored by Big Brother. And so if you are continuously saying stuff that sounds alarming, guess what? Folks, to me, it's the same thing as like when people are on the Internet saying wild things. The FBI going to show up at your door if you keep typing online. Uh do you know why that's to joe biden like the fbi gonna show up you know why it's different why because it's not it's create like creating art is different creating art is different but someone can argue that them typing on this thing or writing a poem saying something about wanting to kill joe biden is creating art they can make the same argument a poem is different than just saying statement It's, it's, it's two different things it's two different parts of your brain no it's not this you you think with the same brain to write a creative thing as you write a regular sentence. You still have to use your brain to put the words together to the make it make sense. Same brain, but your your creative side is just different than trying. It's just different. It's just different. Parts but of that's mind. the thing. Creativity can be argued. Somebody can write something really wild online, and someone can argue they were just being creative with language. They were just playing with words. Like it can be argued. Is the point I'm trying to make? Okay, it can be argued. Well, that that's fine. If you want to say that, it's fine. I all, all I'm saying is, you can. I, I we're just not gonna go with this. <laughs> I, I just think I, I believe that creatively, you like you you are you tell stories about certain things. As, and as an artist, as a music artist, you can tell certain things. I don't think that you should not tell stories because people are gonna look at you a certain way. I don't think you should not do that because you think because that 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 is how but you stop you stopping doing what you're doing kind of highlights what needs to happen. Like, but here's the thing: the the rap industry itself expects authenticity from artists. Why do you think that they were dragging Drake so bad when they found out Drake was having ghostwriters? Like, there there is an expectation even within the rap community that a rapper it. writes their own lyrics and the stuff they talk about is authentic. That got is it. the bare minimum of expectation. Okay. So, if the actual industry of peers of rappers expects that you are doing that, why is it unrealistic for me as a consumer to expect that the music you're putting out is authentic and relatable to you as a person who experienced that your peers expect it why shouldn't i you i'm not saying you can't expect it but if i'm not doing that i don't have to do that you don't have to i just think you're fraudulent <laughs> okay you can. and i and i you, don't i don't and support people and respect was, it people thought drake was fraudulent people realized that a lot of times he's not writing everything where is he now the top of the artist it doesn't, it doesn't change anything the only people who felt that way are me us old heads who felt that way the younger generation does but not Drake care. is not making lyrics 
about selling drugs on the corner. That's not what Drake's songs are about. But he's saying things that are not authentic a lot of times. Like what? He told, he, he sells stories. Just like Kendrick tells stories, J. Cole tells stories. But, it's the, not, but is Drake on a record saying he killed someone? Is he saying it on a record saying his friends killed someone? Like, he's not, he's talking about stuff that's authentic to him. He's not out here trying to be the next Migos. He's not doing that. He's talking about stuff that's authentic to him. That's the only thing I'm trying to say. If you're going to talk about stuff, talk about stuff. That's cool. Be smart about what you talk about. I feel like the stuff you talk about should be authentic to you. Like if Drake came out here and made a, a dreams and nightmares, I'd be like, now, Aubrey, 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 come on. Don't do this. Stick to your teeny bop pop records and leave the dreams and nightmares for Meek Mill. Like I just, I would be like, come on now. It, like it, 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 this is a hard argument because I don't know Drake's songs, but I'm sure there are parts and lyrics in his songs that he's that are not authentic to what he's saying. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty positive. Like I don't know Drake, so it's hard. It's a hard argument. But I'm positive there are things that because that's just like when you're writing a song, you add things that aren't true. Everything you're saying is it's not true. And that's why I said like like I understand what you're saying like like. Like I'm like my, the, the, my the, the, argument is not that people can't be creative, but you're to me I I it's inauthentic for you to build a whole career off of being something you've never been. All of your songs can't be, yeah, I did this, yeah, I did that, and you never did any of it. Like you cannot sustain a career off of that. That that's just not logistical to me. If if. Well, people do all the time, but um, because no one knows they're lying yet. Once someone finds out, the whole thing goes down the tube. And the reason that Drake was Drake was able to bounce back is because Drake was never out here telling everybody I write all my own songs. He never said that. People just assumed that he did, and then when someone found out, it was like, oh snap, he don't write all his songs. But he wasn't the one saying, oh, I write all my lyrics. Don't nobody write for me. Da 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 da. He never said any of that. So your argument is that you you should not be I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole now. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. But go okay. ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well we'll we'll move on. We we've been on this for a long time. Yeah. Um but like 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 I said, I, I just don't uh I think people make up stories all the time. I think um artists make up things all the time. Even if their whole career might not be off of that, they have songs that are just made up stories all the time. Like like it might not be art, but like they'll have they'll have like a couple songs like oh this album is just like like it's just, it's just how art works. You just sometimes you create things and you're like oh I'm gonna talk, tell the story and everything like that. They don't say hey this wasn't me. <laughs> they just tell the say the story, and it it gives the, it makes it gives the public their opinion to judge if it was them or not. And that that is how a lot of songs have been. Jay Z has done it a few times where this was he would do this. It wasn't about him. Well, anything, but he just said the song. He said the line. All artists have done it. But we'll move on. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely want to hear your thoughts about this whole, you know, concept of, you know, rap lyrics being a part of um, legal proceedings and, you know, whether that's OK, not OK, you know, because I think it's a very debatable topic. And, you know, a lot more can be said, but we'd be here all day and we don't have all day. So. We are going to move on to Artist Spotlight. 
And then having this stupid conversation about people being real rappers or not, I didn't even pull up his uh <laughs> his uh his bio. Um, this week's musical artist artist spotlight is an artist by the name of Jack Ross. It's spelled J A C R O S. It's two separate words, but he spells Jack without the K. Um, I actually not discovered because I think discovered is rude. Um, I uh, found out about him on one of the BET awards. I don't know if it was 2019 or 2018, but like, you know how they have those, um, those side stages, like those sponsored stages where there's like a smaller stage and there's an artist performing. I heard him on there and I was like, Oh, he's singing. He's singing, singing. And I went and found him on Instagram and started following him. And like, I really like his voice. He's just very, it's very gritty. It kind of reminds me of, um, uh, oh my gosh. I can't, I can't think of who it is right now. I, I thought about it earlier. I should have written it down, but he reminds me of an old artist. I'm sure when I, when you hear the song and I, I hear the song, I'll think of who it is he reminds me of, but it's a very, he has a kind of very like soulful, older kind of voice. Like he's a young guy, but he has a very, uh, raspy older older person kind of voice i'm really trying to figure out who it is i thought he was so he's from florida you know they do make some good things in florida not not the state itself still pretty trash but um he's from the state of florida um and he is he's been out now for a couple of years um he was on the sound clouds and whatnot he's from a small town of uh live oak in Northern Florida. Um, he was a church singer, which is probably why, um, he sounds the way he sounds. And, uh, he's actually signed to Rodney Jerkins, AKA dark child, uh, of, you know, early two thousands fame with Brandy and whatnot. Um, he's definitely considered himself to be, um, influenced by some soul singers and some gospel singers. So I think that really adds to, um, his vocal technique and, you know, how he does his stuff. Uh, so he has, I think, an EP out that he put out last year uh, and that's called Jack Ross. Don't let me be misunderstood. I think that's what it's called. Let me not be a liar. I don't like lying. It upsets me. Um, it's okay to be black is what it was called. Um, got a few songs on there. And the one we're going to play today is don't let me be misunderstood so here is that song by jack ross i hope you enjoy it let's go baby you understand me now if sometimes you see that i'm mad don't you know no one alive can always be an angel When everything goes wrong you see somebody But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood Don't let me be misunderstood Understood. You know, sometimes, baby, I'm so carefree with the joy 
He be singing. Who child? He be singing. Um, go follow him on his social media. Uh, I think his Instagram is Jack Ross. Uh, he does a lot of like covers of other people's songs too, and he plays the piano. Like, oh my god, beautiful voice, beautiful voice. Definitely check him out. It'll bless you. For real, for real. Um, so let's move on to uh this week in, in random. random. So just a few things on the agenda. Uh, so um, much to the chagrin of millennial black women everywhere, um, Michael B. Jordan, also known to the masses as Michael Bay Jordan. Um, you may know him from Fruitvale Station, uh, Black Panther, um, Creed. You know, it's kind of a big deal. He is now uh, dating publicly Lori Harvey, um, the stepdaughter of one Steve Harvey um there were rumors of them dating before but like they Instagram confirmed it this past week and um black millennial female Twitter was in an uproar people are in mourning um I've been asked to respect people's mourning uh I don't particularly find I don't get the hype of Michael B. Jordan I truly don't I think he's a lovely young man whatever the case is but I I don't get the hype of attraction around him maybe I'll get it later because um, I felt the same way about Denzel like I didn't get it until I was older then I was like oh I see it I get it but like before I remember like older women be like oh my god he's so fine I would just be like alright girl like I just I didn't see it like when I finally like turned 30 I felt like I was like I see what they were talking about I get it because <laughs> I, I didn't see it for a long time so maybe I, maybe later on in life I'll see it with Michael B I don't know that's fine I'm just saying, for a long time I didn't see it with Denzel at all. So maybe I think I'll Michael see it. B is for young, someone younger though. Yeah, because I'm I think just Denzel is older, but Michael B is someone younger. Because I'm just looking like, okay, like him looking like his regular self is just very mad to me. I actually thought he was attractive in Killmonger. I was like, oh, he looks nice with hair. I liked it. This is a look that he should adopt in his real life, like all the time. This is cool. His regular life look, I don't know if I'm into, but you know, whatever. He's not ugly. I'm just. He's a good looking guy. I just don't get the oh my god, he's so fine. You're also a, a pudgy chaser, so <gasps> how dare you say that to me? <laughs> You're a pudgy chaser. <laughs> First of all, it's chubby chaser. That's the correct word. Secondly, and <laughs> what about it? What about it? Okay. I might be because I, I do in fact think that 
if people was going hard over Winston Duke, I'd be like, I can see it, sis. I can see it. I uh, Winston Duke is Mbaku from um, uh, Black Panther. Now him, great. I get it, hundred percent. Michael B, all right, girl. Um, okay, so um, <laughs> so maybe Mark is correct, but I don't care. And what about it? You're like mm, dad bod, mm, <laughs> dad bod, not dad bod, mm, dad bod. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how I snagged you, Mark. So here we are. You're like, mm, dad here bod. we are. Here we are. Dad bod. Here we are. Listen, I, I, I like what I like. I don't know what to tell you. Just we're all different. Um, and I just that's I'm into what I'm into, and other people are into whatever they're into. So that's that's that on that. Hmm? But yes, the the girls are in mourning because Michael B is dating uh, Lori Harvey. I'm not going front. My cynicism leads me to believe that this might be a PR relationship, but we'll see. They might could surprise me. They might could surprise me. I might could be wrong. The only reason why it will be debatable because he hasn't done that before. Right. It's just like he's he's been out for a while now and he's never publicly dated anybody. And I think there was a rumor going around for a while that he didn't like black women. So it's just like, this is convenient. But we'll see. We'll see. Congrats to them. Sorry to the girls who's going through right now because he snatched up. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, um, Dale, not Dale, oh child, about to say Dave Chappelle. Chris Rock has a special out called Tambourine. Um, it's not new. Total blackout. Total blackout. I'm sorry. You know, I said it was called Tambourine because he was talking about. It used to be Tambourine. It was, yeah. That was the, um, especially before. Total mm-hmm. blackout is everything included with that. Yeah. Really funny. Um, he had uh, some cameos in there from uh, Dave Chappelle and Arsenio Hall. You know, it's the Chris Rock I've come to know and love. And I think the most beautiful part of it wasn't even the comedy. It was just seeing him and Dave Chappelle interacting and seeing that they're like legit friends. Like they respect each other deeply. They find each other's comedy to be hilarious. And, you know, it's just nice to not see like back and forth between comedians because I feel like you know in the past like you know Bill Cosby Bill Cosby Richard Pryor like there was beef between them and beef between them and younger um, comedians Eddie Murphy had mad beef right Richard Pryor wasn't really big on Eddie Murphy at first like just knowing that there's like there was all this beef that was going on even like Cedric the Entertainer not Cedric the Entertainer Bernie Mac and Steve Harvey like they kind of had beef like you know just kind of seeing you know, it, it always be the less talented ones that be hating to shade to Steve. Um, <laughs> but um, just to see that there wasn't that type of energy between like arguably two of the biggest giants in comedy of, of that of that ilk of comedians that we have to see them like legit, genuinely being friends and like vibing off each other. I thought that was really, really nice to see. Yeah, they, they seem like they're real cool with each other. Cause mm-hmm. like na- now, I think for the last like three years, everywhere you see one, the other one's not. Yeah, far the other behind. one was there, there mm-hmm. also. Like you, you've you've constantly seen that. So they they've, they've been real cool lately. Like I think even like sometimes when like one of the one of the people call Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, like one of the shows like Jimmy um, Fallon or anything like that, or anything SNL or anything. Yeah, anytime yeah. they call them on the phone and you see them in the video, you see the other one in the background. Yep. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> so like, that, like they be hanging, hanging. Yeah. 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 So it was really cool. So if you're looking for something to watch, go check that out. Total Blackout on Netflix. It was it was very entertaining. Um, 
I mean, Chris Rock do say some stuff that made me be like, Chris. But then I also have to tell myself, I've been watching Chris Rock specials for how long? What, what, what am I surprised and, by? And, and that's why I said, like, it's diff- we had a conversation about Kevin Hart. That's why I said that conversation, because Chris Rock has been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think Kevin Hart is just, his audience is not receptive to that. No. No. His audience is different than Chris Rock. Right, like, like yeah, people, his his core audience is different than Chris Rock's core audience. Yeah, like Chris Rock's core audience knows that Chris Rock is funny, but Chris Rock also says some stuff that you'd be like, "Oh my god, it's it's not okay, man." But you, <laughs> so, like, you find yourself laughing at it, but in your mind you'd be like, "This isn't okay." So I'm like, not okay. Kevin so, Hart's audience is not that, so it's just like, right. "What is you doing?" So like, I, I think that's also the case. So you're people, trying to make a pivot into a lane that your audience is not in. You got to yeah, read so, the room. So his audience kind of like, "What's happening?" Yeah, read the room, homie. Read the room. But Chris Rock could make one of them daughter jokes because he's Chris Rock, and we know he says those types of things. Correct, and that's what I was saying. Kevin like, Hart can't do that. We don't know that. We don't know this. You, <laughs> you coming to us with some new new when we don't understand as yeah. a people. So it's going to be taken like a rope. Yeah, but like like I said, I I, I think I, I think I said this before we talked about it. Before. I don't want to go back into this, but that I think this is Kevin Hart trying to be associated with the greats because he like he looks up a lot. To Chris Rock and David Chappelle, mm-hmm. like he 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 says that all the time. He looks up a lot to them, mm-hmm. to Eddie Murphy and everything, mm-hmm. and like and they have a freedom to like say what they want mm-hmm. and be belligerent. Like they have a freedom to like cross that line, right? And he wants that freedom, right? And so he's like, so he's kind of pushed to get that. Like if if he can get if he can like get through like the jabs and everything, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But he understands that in the beginning, it's like just like everybody else, because like I think people were like. Like that towards Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock too, mm-hmm. so it's not like like they they have to go through it too. But like he has, but to I go- think it's a consistency of products. Yeah, he, yeah. He, like he has to go through these pains. Yeah, because I, I think, think people I, have been like, yeah, 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 Because Kevin put himself out there as like the family friendly, safe comedian, so that's what people have come to expect. You cannot make a hard pivot into like hard hitting topics and think people are going to just take it. No, no, you they gonna you be like, can huh? just understand in the beginning you're going to have a lot of pains. And I mean, there were other again going back to our conversation earlier about creativity. There was another way to make that pivot without jumping down there. Yeah, like the my daughter is a whole joke. You you got to start someplace else before you can jump there and people go with you because that's that's such a sharp left from what you were doing before. Like you gotta you gotta start someplace else and then maybe two or three specials down the road you can say something like that and people if, be like, okay, if I understand you, the rebrand. If you want to got maintain it. your audience, but you can't take that abrupt thing. Just understand it's gonna be a big dip. Right, you can't maintain your core audience. Yeah, like I, I think, and then maybe he doesn't want that, which yeah. is which is fine. Yeah, because because I, I think cause I think he's also annoyed with his audience. Possible. I think he's also annoyed with his audience because if if, it's, if if he want if he if he realizes his audience is taking everything sensitive, he's like, I don't want y'all. Okay, I was and like, that, that that could he, be possible. He's like, yo, give me the Chris Rock, <laughs> they show audience where like they can say what they want and they still be cool. I mean, yo, give, give me them, give me, give, give me them too. <laughs> could happen. <laughs> Could so that, that, that's also the case, but move on. What's, what's next? Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but this week, um, there was a whole thing going back and forth on the internet, um, on black Twitter, black Facebook, where the blacks are, you know, just where the blacks are, where we converse and talk about things, um, about wearing bonnets on Zoom calls for work. And there were some people who were arguing, like, you know, it's fine, you know. People understand that things are challenging. Folks are working from home. They may not be able to get around to doing their hair every day with blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. 
And I was like, I'm normally not a respectability politics girl. I think it's a bunch of crap, but I'm gonna have to jump on the respectability politics bandwagon here. No. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. I work with the majority of the people I work with are black. The majority of people I work with are women. We all have bonnets. We all know we have bonnets because we're black and women. And we all got varying types of hair. Some are natural. Some got perms. Some got we. We are all wearing bonnets. We know this. Still know. I don't know if it's just the way I was raised, but the way I was raised was a bonnet or like a head tie does not leave the, 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 the threshold of your front door. That's an in the house kind of thing. It is not for people to see you presenting yourself to the world with that on your head. That's just my, that's just the way I was raised. Like I could never like go down the street, even if it was legitimately down the street to go to the store or to the library or something with, I remember, I distinctly remember one time when I was in high school, I had to go return some books to the library and I had my head tie on and I was getting ready to go out the house and my stepfather was like, you going to take that off? And I was like, wasn't planning to because the, the library was literally like a block and a half away. It was, and I was dropping books. I wasn't really going to see anybody. I was legitimately just going to go put the books on the counter and walk out. And he was like, now, you know, you don't wear those outside. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll take it off then. And like my grandparents were like that. Like I could never leave my house with like a head covering on my head. Like I just, it just wasn't a thing. So to me, I'm like, I know people technically aren't leaving their houses, their home, but I'm just like, I, I, I just, no, like I get it. I don't have a problem with a head wrap. I don't have a problem with, you can take a scarf and like, you know, make a little cute knot on the side, on the top of your head and make it a cute little like turban situation. I don't have a problem with any of that, but like the black bonnet, like the black, like beauty supply store bonnet. I can't, I can't, I can't get with it. I'm sorry. So many thoughts. Okay. First thought depends on the job. Um, your job will not allow it because no, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. I, it, I think, I think it depends on the job because it depends on the culture of the job and what's going on. If people on your when you're on your Zoom call for your job and they're like a lot more casual, sometimes they're on there with like pajamas on, or like 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 people don't take that serious about what they're wearing. I guess. Like like I said, your job is a little different, and yeah. your and your supervisor, you can do that. Yeah, I can't. I can't be. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess maybe that's why I, I have the opinion yeah. that I do. Yeah, like I couldn't wear a bonnet if I wanted to. No, no, your supervisor, <laughs> you, 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 you have to understand it. Right. So. Like, like I, said, I think it depends on the job, what's going on. Um, if the culture of it is a lot more relaxed, and they welcome a lot more relaxed look, um, on there, I think that, that's number one. Um, so that that is a play. Um, I guess I understand how you were brought up, do that and everything, but I also understand the fact of I'm trying to hold my, hold my hair up, and I'm just I, I gotta run and get something, and I have to hurry and get something. And I'm not gonna take my whole hair down to do that. <laughs> no, believe me, I I get it. So I wasn't planning to comb my hair, so it added an extra correct. five minutes to so, my so like, leaving I, process. So like, if you're, I, I don't like, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like, like I, so I I I think it's just, I think sometimes we get too caught up on that 
I, I don't think you should do that. Just like I would like I, I don't think a guy should walk out with a do rag on if you if you don't have to. Like you could you could just take it off. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you if you if you don't if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um based off what's going on. Like if but if but also if you're trying to hold your hair down because you just got you just got out of the shower and you're trying to brush it down and you trying to hold it down. Spray it. Like I don't think it's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? But um like I said, I I, I think that um, it, I, I think it's just a time and place. I think yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's just a time and place for it. But I, I don't like it's it's a it's not it's not a very like often on question with that. I don't think that's a very off on. I think it depends on what's going on. Yeah, I just to me, I feel like <sighs> like I saw an actual picture of a Zoom where people had on a bunch of bonnets, and it just looked. I hated it. I yeah, hated it. but that, that it. if it's a Zoom call, it's not was supposed to be Facebook. It's not a Facebook um, meeting. I know it, whoever took the picture shouldn't have, but yeah, I saw it. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is like, and here I am. Especially like if, if it was a Zoom call and like it's a, it's a culture of companies like that, but because it's in a Zoom call, but it's also like we're all seeing this together. They're not putting this out for the customers to see. Right. Right, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> so it's like, like the problem was is someone took a picture and put it online. That that's not what was supposed to happen. Agreed. Like, no, no one wanted that to happen. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. I just like I, while I understand, you know, trying to be accommodating and you know, understanding everybody's got stuff going on, etc. I'm like, like I said, just don't put on a cute little head wrap, but take the damn bonnet off. That's my feeling. I I hate it. No, like I don't even want you to see me with the bonnet. Like I be trying to snatch it off in the morning and I know you don't care, but I just feel crazy. Like I'm just running around here. Just to me, I feel like having a bonnet on is almost like it's a signal that I haven't gotten myself together for the day yet. And so that's, if I see somebody come on a zoom with a comment with a bonnet, I'm like, Oh, you just woke up. You didn't even get yourself together yet. You didn't even brush your teeth. They're still cold in your eye. Like I just, I just know how, what it means to me if I come somewhere with a bonnet. Which, which so is that's fine. my perception that I'm taking of what which, someone's which doing. Is fine. doing but like, I, I don't, I don't think that that's, Standing should be going everybody because everybody doesn't get dressed the same way. That's fine. Take that um, damn bonnet off though. Just get you a head wrap, sis. For you. <laughs> for most of us, none of that. <laughs> not it's not everybody. Um, I think, like I said, it depends on how you get dressed. Um, or if you doing. get dressed is a or, better question. Or like, like I said, the company, like, like I said, I don't. A lot of company zooms aren't like Facebook lives, also. So, agreed. Agreed. So, agreed. Like, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's not supposed to. It's not supposed to be the image. Like, I agree. With I understand. You. It's, it's the same reason why. Why you dress up? You dress up many times for. Um, many times the company dress up. I'm not saying all the time. But many times companies dress up for the image of the company to others. Right. Right. Um, like you want to make sure that you show professional because when people look at you, you want to make sure they show you as professional. Right. If it's a company meeting between a bunch of people and like there. It's not meant to go out to others. No, I, I I agree with you. I agree so with you. So it's like, oh, we're just here. We, we understand everybody does their work. Right like so, like I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't. It's, I don't think it's a it's a blanket statement for that at all. Yeah, I like I, like I agree with you. I think you know, depending on the culture of where you work, the environment, the level of comfort, whatever, go forth and be great. I just for me, I'm like nah. Like if I'm doing a Zoom call with somebody and they come on with the bonnet on, I'm like. Now, sis, you knew. Come on, why? Why are you on here with the bonnet? You couldn't. Like once you again, couldn't. you're a supervisor, though, so you should say that. Yeah, I'm like, 
<laughs> I did. And, and also, if that if that's the culture of the actual place you're in, then you should probably. Do you know that. what? Maybe it was a meeting for the company that make the bonnets. I don't know. Maybe they was wearing a company product. Maybe you know, like it's, it's possible. Maybe and like they might have um said together we're gonna all go in with a bonnet. Possibly. I I just didn't. I was like, oh wow, wow. Like because if everybody if if most of the women have a bonnet, then it's not a crazy thing to have a bonnet. It's not. Everybody looks like oh they following the same whatever whatever. Yeah. Like like if most people do it, then it's not that crazy that someone has a bonnet. Like it, it it only looks really crazy if you're the only one with a bonnet. That is true. I, I still stand not a fan of having the bonnet on one's head, but you know, yeah. folks gonna do what they're gonna do. Right. What's next? Uh, so I saw a screenshot. I took I saw something on Instagram the other day, and I took a screenshot of it because I wanted to get your opinion on it. Let me pull it up real quick. I just had it, and then I closed it back out. So someone basically said on Instagram or they be reposted something they saw on Twitter. A lot of people have no identity outside of being black. Everything is about melanin, black girl magic, racism or white supremacy. Our conversations must go deeper. Hailing your race as your true identity is exhausting and a form of idolatry. Understand the richness of your own culture. You can be more interesting and diverse. Read a book on an unfamiliar topic, develop a new hobby, befriend, become friends with, you know, different kinds of people, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of struck me because I was like, okay, but what's wrong with, what, 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 what does this statement mean? Is what I'm trying, like, what is, what is this person trying to say? Like, I don't like, it, does, it's, does it's, this it's, person know black people? Have they ever met any black people? Like what black people do they know whose only identity is being black? Yeah, I, I I think I think um that statement comes from like it's like people like black people think that black people do this, white people think that black people do this, think that black people only talk about being black all the time, and it's not true. But um, and I think that um it definitely ain't. no. But I think that anytime we bring it up, it comes off as too much because other people don't bring it up as. They, they they say other people don't bring it up as much as they do about their race and culture as black people do. And the reason why we bring it up in the first place is to as a reflection and as a um, announcement. Um, reflection meaning we need to sometimes because this a lot of times if we don't see the image of us being in power of empowerment we have to tell ourselves that we are empowered right and also we have to tell others that we are empowered because a lot of times we're not treated that way so right. that's where that comes from right. if if everybody if everybody um treated us equally and we didn't have those issues that, that would be a different conversation but that's not the case and that's and, and and the statement is how do you tell somebody embrace the richness of their own culture but then telling them that they don't have any identity outside of being black like being me being black is what lends to the culture that I like I, I can't separate my culture from being black like my culture exists because I am black so my culture is my culture because I'm black so I'm not sure what that statement means the, the, statement, the statement is contradictory to itself I'm confused the statement is contradictory because it's, it's basically saying don't um you promoting yourself as black singular um says something specific but also they're saying being black is a broad spectrum. So like they're, they're contradicting themselves because if they're saying that promoting myself as black, that's also promoting myself as the 
multifaceted of what black is. Yeah. But like I said, they're, they're, they're contradicting themselves in their own statement. They're, yeah, I was they're, like, huh? they're, 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 they're trying to promote both the monolith and the broad spectrum of black at the same time. And you can't do both. Yeah. I'm like, which one is it, you, sis? You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't die on both hills. Yeah. I'm like, pick a hill, pick a struggle. Just, just not this, honey. Cause I'm stressed. Cause I, I kept reading it. Like maybe I'm not understanding something. I'm like, cause I, this sounds, I'm confused. Which one is it? Do I say, do I celebrate that I'm black or do I not? Because it's making me seem like I can't do both. Like pick one for me because I don't know. I don't know what to do now. Um, I just don't like this idea that because black people talk about the things that affect us and we do things to uplift ourselves, that that somehow means that we aren't enmeshed in other things. Like black people can walk and chew gun at the same time. I don't know if people know that, but plot twist, they can. Um, we can talk about black girl magic and melanin and still sit up and watch a full Bridgerton or, you know, speak Swedish or something. Like, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a, a mystery for black people to be diverse and have diverse interests and be interested in a multi- multitude of things without it being, that shouldn't be a, well, you're not as obsessed with blackness as the others because you're doing these other things. Like black people are not a monolith. Like you said, we're diverse. Yeah. We got well, different interests and different things we, we want to do. Yeah. A, a lot of times people think that, um, black people think that black people talk about black stuff too much in general. It's like we can't, it, but it's like, but black people can't escape it. Like literally, it impacts every aspect of our I lives. Guess, like, but like a lot of times, people we don't. would love to not talk about it, yeah. sure, but we can't. But they, they think that we um, we talk about black all the time. That's all. The person who wrote this, I suspect, they hang around with a lot of non-blacks. Can't possibly hang with blacks and be saying these things. Um, they can't. Um, in TV news. Uh, Married at First Sight has a new season out. Uh, it just came out this past weekend. I love this show and it's already a hot mess and I can't wait to see where the rest of it goes. Um, most of these couples are boring, for sure. Um, I say with fair certainty, all of them are pretty boring, actually. Um, compared to last season, if you watched the last season Married at First Sight, like um, Amani and Woody, like they were very exciting. Like you wanted to watch them from the jump. Uh, who was that other couple? Um, Bennett and Amelia, you wanted to watch them. I don't want to watch any of these people because I like any of them. I want to watch them because I don't know who did these matches, but I see a bunch of nonsense going forward and I would like to be front row for it because that's my kind of carrying on. Uh, um, speaking of, so I like with the concept that I heard that um, I think they're trying to reboot Sex and the City, right? Uh-huh. This conversation comes to my mind. Why are black people so obsessed with watching white messiness on TV? <laughs> because black be- people love watching white messiness on TV. We want to see black people doing well on TV, and we want to see white messiness on TV. Because you know what? <laughs> I feel like it's sort of a, a a voyeurism almost. It's like it's almost like it's a confirmation that we know that they be messy and it's out there for other people to see because we I said some black people feel that white people just kind of put it like present themselves in such a way like they don't ever have no mess going on so white messiness is like wow look at you look at you look at you I knew you I always knew I always knew you were like this I always knew I do enjoy a bit of white messiness let me tell you I will I will be tuned in honey tuned in for some white messiness okay um but yeah, married at first sight. They have two couple, two black couples, and then the rest are white. I'm not interested in any of the white couples. There are two of them where I want to know where they were on January 6th between 1 and 6 p.m. 
because they're definitely giving me proud boys tease but we'll see i could be wrong but they're giving me proud boys tease um and then there are two black girls on there um they're both very pretty one of them has a really um unfortunate weave um i stopped i thought we stopped doing those weaves in in you know like 2015 but she's doing it whatever but she's very smart very beautiful the other girl is really pretty too and they've paired them both with uh two black guys i think one of them is paired with a guy who might be like half black half latino but it's gonna be very interesting to see how the season goes because one of the guys that is matched with the black girl with the bad weave such a stereotype black girl with bad weave is awful um but the guy that's matched with her um he's problematic like the guy said he's from a family of preachers and he legit said I was a preacher too, but I stopped because there was no money in it. I was like, oh, you sound sleazy. Then he talked about how um, he feels that women want him for his money. He definitely thinks he's better looking than he is in real life. Um, and allegedly he, uh, not allegedly, uh, it's confirmed now. Um, he was, he said on the show that he was engaged to somebody before he came on the show. And now that person is pregnant. So now he's like a newlywed married to somebody he met on the show and experiencing the birth of his first child with someone not the wife because the ex-girl, the ex-fiance is pregnant now. So, you know, it's just it's a lot of messiness and awkwardness and I'm going to watch the whole thing because, you know, it's entertaining. So, yeah, if you haven't uh, gotten into it yet, get into Married at First Sight, the new season, it's in Atlanta. Um, finally, uh, happy birthday to some special people. Um, happy birthday to Michelle Obama. Uh, her birthday was on the 17th. Um, happy birthday to James Earl Jones, a.k.a. Uh, Mufasa, a.k.a. the voice of God. Like, just, you know, there it is. He turned 90. I didn't realize he was, like, that old. Like, he's been around for a while, but I didn't realize he was, like, at 90. James Earl Jones? Yeah. That makes sense. He it was, makes sense, but I guess... Was, he was old when voicing Darth Vader. Valid. Valid, valid. Yeah. <laughs> and Darth Vader was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and happy birthday to the good sis Betty White. Betty White is 99 years old. And she looks great. And she's sharp as a tack. Uh, she's out here in these streets. Uh, people are out here repping the uh, Golden Girls merch and whatnot. I need some Golden Girls merch, by the way. I need some Golden Girls things in my life. But happy birthday to them. Um, Cam- Capricorn season is coming to a close. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Um, Aquarius season soon come. Uh, we're in here. Respect us. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all I had. That was it. Word. Do you have anything else? I see you scrolling over there on the phone. So I don't know if you saw anything. Oh, no. I was trying to figure out when um when a James Earl Jones do, uh, do Star Wars. Yeah. Because he, he started in theater, obviously, with that voice. Makes yeah, sense. yeah. That makes perfect sense. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Um, He was in theater. He was in Eugene O'Neill's Iceman Cometh. Iceman I could see that. Yeah. I saw the Iceman Cometh with Denzel. I could totally see James Earl Jones being... Uh, he was in The Great White Hope. Mm-hmm. I think I do remember that. I, I watched that for a class when I was in school. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he in 1977, he did a voiceover for Darth Vader. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. That was what 40. Can I add 
50 almost shoot you know what let me not get to lying 40 43 43 years ago yes so that makes sense that he would he would be 90 years old yeah. now because mm-hmm. he, he was he was older when he did that <laughs> yep 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 he was born in 31 yeah he's he's a grown man he's a grown man yeah. he was well he was like 40 46 when he did that mm-hmm and he's been out in these streets ever since, doing yeah. movies, doing voiceovers, doing he, those things. Like, in 2013, he's still young, so. Mm-hmm. It was him in 2013. Oh, come on. Give him life. That was seven years ago. Black, no crack. It's a fact. He, he was 83, so. Looking good. Looking good. Skin looking, looking well moisturized, looking hydrated, no wrinkles. Bless up, bless up. Uh, I think when I looked through music this week, there was nothing going on. It's been quiet for music. So, um, yeah, just I guess, you know, Jasmine Sullivan, that's that's what you got to listen to these days. Jasmine Sullivan. And if you want some rap, the Griselda joint we mentioned last week. But other than that, ain't nothing came out. So, you know, yeah, I'm trying to give you. Also, I probably didn't check. I, but, I looked before we started. I was like, ain't nothing in here. There's nothing to see. I'm like, I didn't check. Like, like, I don't know if any um, music is coming out yet, but hopefully. um good music comes soon word to big bird and toby is still doing his sunday music so yes every sunday just check him check it out check it out on the youtube the instagrams you know the vibes all right if there's nothing else i say we wrap this thing up and we let the people go back to doing whatever it is they were doing with their day before they started listening to us word word i mean obviously it wasn't as fun but you know people got to do what they got to do because you know life so yeah uh thanks for listening we love you we appreciate you and until next time we we bid bid you uh-huh uh-huh yeah boy yeah yeah. it's the all love no fear podcast hey it's the all love no fear podcast check us out it's the all love oh no fear podcast Podcast, uh-huh uh-huh all love oh no fear podcast hey